Reformed Church. But it really is a cool thing. The Lord, the Lord uh, gives you the desire and the work through you to do whatever needs to be done. And, you know, a lot of things, the Lord has spoken things to me before. Um, and, you know, some people, if you've known the Lord for a while, you may be able to relate to this. And if you, if you can't relate to this, that's all right. You get to know the Lord and you will be able to relate to this. Um, and then some. But sometimes the Lord will give you a word. And there have been times in the past that the Lord would tell me something I'm like, you know what, Lord, I don't, I don't, like, see that right now. Like, I don't have, like, a, the vision for that right now. It doesn't seem like something that's happening right now, even though sometimes, like, the way the Lord told me something almost sounded like it was going to happen really soon. But I'm like, I don't feel like it's going to happen really soon. Sometimes when your desires aren't matching with what it seems the Lord says, sometimes that can be our own unbelief, and we're just growing in our knowledge, and we just need to grow and kind of hear the Lord out. And the more he ministers to us, the more our desires fall into line. Um, but if you're really delighting yourself in the Lord and you're really seeking the Lord, when your desire like doesn't match, um, now granted, this isn't for everybody. This is for people that are really delighting themselves in the Lord. And as you're doing that, the Bible says that when you delight yourself in the Lord, that he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, I used to always think that, that meant that if I delight myself in the Lord, that, that he would give me what I want. Now, granted, all your desires will be fulfilled in the Lord as well, but that's not actually what that verse is talking about. That verse is saying that he's going to put desires in your heart is actually what it's talking about when you delight yourself in the Lord. It was actually years. I used to kind of push against that interpretation of that verse for a very long time, but that's actually what it's talking about. And so when God's speaking something to you, sometimes if your desire's not there yet, there is such a thing as the Lord prophesying something to you, but he's not working that through you right now. And there have been things that, the Lord, for instance, let me give you one example. God spoke something to me, and he said something about it happening in the summer. And I had, like, sort of miraculous things happen. That, like, okay, to give you another example. When the Lord told me that, uh, there was a, uh, I was walking by uh, the table, and there was a magazine on the table, and I looked at the magazine, and it said, this summer on it. And the Lord had just spoken this to me. And when I looked back again at the magazine, it didn't say that at all, like not even anything close to it. It wasn't like I mistook it because the words were similar or something. So there was like miraculous things the Lord was doing, and it made it sound like something was happening this summer, the specific thing he was talking to me about. But my desire was like not there. And I actually thought it was my own like unbelief, like I wasn't seeing it. And I'm like, Lord, like this doesn't feel like it's happening this summer. It wasn't because of circumstances that I was feeling that way. I just looked and I'm like, I'm not feeling that. Like it, it doesn't feel that way. Um, it didn't happen that summer. And afterwards, I was thinking, I'm like, you know what, Lord? You weren't working that through me. Like, that, that is not something you were working in me. It's something you said. But the Lord saying something is different than him doing it through you. And we are people that don't follow just the verbal commands of God and then go carry it out. That's not new covenant. That's old covenant. Old covenant is, I tell you what to do, you shall, you shall not, and you go and carry it out. And obviously there's a reason why that was a failed covenant. The Bible says that it's, it, was, it was profitless, if you read the book of Hebrews. So basically, if you, um, the Bible says that the old covenant was weak and unprofitable. Now, if you take the word law and you just say, you doing what God tells you to do, because that's what the law is, right? So like, let's, let's get out of that, the, the, the terminology and look at what is the law, what is the Old Testament law? God telling you to do stuff and you doing it. And this is that was weak and unprofitable, that method. 
So what happens if you practice that method even as a born-again believer today? It's going to be a weak and unprofitable method. If, you, if you're just relying on God, you just say the word and I'm going to do it. Well, that's what they said just before God gave the law at Mount Sinai. You, whatever the Lord commands, we're well able to do it. Well, that's, that's not true, right? And, and God took thousands of years to prove to the Jewish people that that is not true, right? And it was proven that you cannot be justified by works of the law. You cannot receive from God by works of the law. You know, there are none that do good, no, not one. That was all written to people trying to do things for God. So there's a difference between God telling you something and him doing it through you. And sometimes there's been a lot of things God has told me, and then I don't, like, I don't feel it. Now, granted, he, the, the, the caveat you always have to put in with this is that a lot of people, on one hand, aren't delighting in the Lord, and there's a lot of people, too, that even maybe, maybe you, you do know the Lord, but because of our immaturity sometimes, your desires cannot be lining up. So, a few things. I don't mean anything you desire is of the Lord. That's certainly not what I mean. I get desires all the time that aren't from the Lord, and I don't just kind of chalk it always up to the Lord. Um, so not everything you desire is from the Lord, and not everything you don't desire isn't the Lord. <laughs> There's a lot of things that you may not feel like doing because you're perceiving it wrong, and then the Lord shows you, hey, this is how you should be looking at this circumstance instead, and you realize, oh, okay, and then, you know, now I'm sort of into it. But there's been a lot of things in my life that I just didn't want to do, and at first sort of thought maybe that's just me, because, again, we always have to test these things. And how do you test if, some, if a desire you're having is of the Lord or whether it's not? You test it by uh, really just getting your focus on the Lord, right? If, if it's true that you can throw Psalm 34 up there and throw that verse up about, um, uh, I think it's verse um, 3 or 4, so somewhere around there. Um, it's in the beginning of the chapter, uh, that if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. If that's, if that's a true verse, and it is, then the more you delight yourself in the Lord, the more your desires are going to line up with his, right? So that's how you test a desire to know whether that's really from God or not. Should I do this? Should I not do this? We say, you know, I'm just going to press in and really, really focus on the Lord. And sometimes, especially if you've got a big decision or something, maybe you, you just say, you know what, I'm taking even more time than, than what is even usual, even more private time, I mean, you know, because we should be meditating on the Lord day and night but anyway, but more even private time to make sure my mind is on the Lord, and a lot of times, well, what will happen is the more you delight yourself in the Lord, the more accurate your desires are, the, because that's how everything works, right? <laughs> we receive from the Holy Spirit more as we behold Jesus more, as we delight in him more. And so that's how you test a desire, you know. Um, yeah, it's uh, Psalm uh, 37.4. I said Psalm 34. My bad. Did I say Psalm 34? I'm pretty sure I did, probably because I got the four in my Anyway, so Psalm 37.4 is, is, is where the reference is, but... Um, but anyhow, th th that's how you sort of test your desire is to know, you know, I'm going to get my, my mind on the Lord, really delight myself in the Lord. And I've heard people say this before, and I, I believe this holds true, that for me, if a desire becomes stronger as I'm getting to know the Lord and, and really pressing in and getting my head screwed on straight there, um, that is at least a factor that I consider, that that desire is more prevalent. Um, there are times, too, where the Lord spoke something to me, and I thought it was just me. I thought, oh, I was just, oh, that's just a desire. It's a fleshly desire or something. And I started saying, you know what, no, no, Lord, like, I don't, I don't sort of receive that in my mind. And the more I spent time with the Lord, I started feeling just gross inside the more I resisted that, really gross inside. And I'm like, I'm like going against the grain. But you see, that's how it is to have the Lord live through you. 
when you're not just following commands like an Old Testament person, but you're having Christ live in you, Galatians 2.20, like a New Testament person, that's how it is. That's what being a slave of righteousness is. The more you delight yourself in the Lord, the more his desires and his working come through you to where it's actually harder to do the wrong thing than it is to do the right thing. Christians even relate to, to that Romans 7 concept of, you know, the good that I want to do, I don't do. But you shouldn't be relating to that. Even if you've experienced that before, which we all have, you shouldn't be relating to that. As a new covenant believer, we're slaves of righteousness, and God will work through you. As you get your heart on him, he's going to work in your desires. You're going to end up wanting the right thing. And I don't just mean, like, I, it, that includes just basic sort of morality and wanting to do the right thing as far as just the thing we would typically think about, like, you know, things that are moral. But I mean, even also, even with decision, decision, like decision-making, between this thing and that thing, between A and B, your desires will incline toward the things that are of the Lord the more you delight in him. Um, and so, like I said, there, there have been times where, sort of on, 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 on both sides of the coin, where I've wanted to do things and thought it wasn't the Lord, tried to resist it, and then realized, like, man, this is, the more I spend time with you, actually, you're, you, you keep bringing this up to me. Um, and then th- th- there was even a time where um, I was um, 16, and I'm like, okay, I'm 16, and I graduated high school early because we, we homeschooled, and I highly recommend homeschooling. Highly recommend it. <laughs> the more time goes on, the more I recommend homeschooling. Um, but, uh, but anyway, uh, because I was homeschooled, I, I graduated when I was 16. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a job. And, uh, you know, I did little things here and there, but I'm going to get, like, an actual job. So I got this job just sort of out of being responsible. You know, if I'm not doing school, now I'm working. So... I went and got this job. Every time I went in that door, it was just gross. Now, again, you could have a bad mentality, and that's why you feel that way. You could feel that way about your job. You could feel that way about whatever it is, you know, something that you're doing, a certain circumstance, and I just felt really gross about it. And, um, man, I was, and this is around the time, too, when I was 16, right around the time where I was really seeking the Lord for myself. Like, it was like, I, I, I was doing this for myself now, not just kind of, because my parents told me, and the more I spent time with the Lord, I just, it felt gross all the time, and I, even at the time, I didn't know what I'm telling you now, and I, I just thought it was me. I'm like, well, I, I just guess I don't, I don't want to work, I don't, whatever this is, and um, so it got to a point, though, where I'm like, I can't even take this anymore, so I, I gave two weeks notice, and I, I just stopped doing it. I basically just worked there for like a summer, and um, it was right after that that actually I started working for the church, because it it was, it was me constantly looking for a job, and nobody would take my application. And no, I wasn't taking cues from my circumstance, right? Because the Lord speaks from, by his spirit in the inner man, right? Not through, oh, it didn't work out, therefore it wasn't the Lord, right? But no one was taking my applications. And then um, Pastor Zayden, Miss Kim, told me, oh, you know what? We need ver- these various things done at the church. And I started working for the church, and it was, like, awesome. Like, working for the church, I mean, and I see now, like, looking back, that like, that was a great thing for me to be working at the church. Uh, I was actually working the things I, I, was, I would clean the church amongst doing other things and landscaping and all that. And when I started doing that, that actually is what opened, because I told you, right, that that was right around the time where I just started getting to know the Lord. That actually freed me up to where I would be cleaning the church. And I've told you guys this before, but I'd have my headphones in. I had, uh, Pastor Jose had given me when I was younger, uh, his old pocket PC back before there was smartphones. That was like the, the little portable computer, and there was a whole bunch of teachings on there, you know, from various 
preachers that we were listening to at the time. So I would be playing that, playing messages in my ear, wiping windows down, and then I would stop it, and then I would just think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it. And that really propelled my time with the Lord forward and my knowledge of the Lord and the things that I learned then that I'm still preaching now. But you see what I'm saying? Like, the Lord gives you these desires, and that's the nature of God living through you. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's not just, well, do this and do this, you know, and, and you're carrying it out. Um, anyway, so uh, th- that's not really anything that I was necessarily planning on. Like, I wasn't planning on going that direction tonight in talking about this, but I just think it's good advice. There are, God doesn't just give you the desire. He also performs it through you, but um, I, I, I would not ignore those things. Those things you have to know. God is living through you. And if he's really living through you, there, are, there was a thing I just told Miss Kim that the Lord told me something. And I was kind of hesitant about it because there was no circumstantial cues that this was the right thing to do. It kind of seemed the contrary. And he told me something. I thought, you know what? Um, I'm not sure if I'm hearing you right on that, so I'm going to wait on it because, you know, that could have just occurred to me. And then he started telling me things more like verbatim, like words in my mind kind of thing. And again, if you think that's weird, that, that's okay. As you grow, then you'll, you'll become quote-unquote weird too because that's going to happen. But things started becoming a little clearer. And I'm like, you know what, Lord? I believe that you're telling me this. And amongst him giving me this direction, there was a particular time, this is just maybe last week, because I was a little unsure, he was leading me to stop doing something, and I kind of went to continue to do the thing that I felt like he was telling me to not do anymore. But because, again, the Lord lives through us, I started doing that same thing again. And this thing that I had been doing for years that I'd always felt fine doing, actually felt encouraged to do, all of a sudden didn't feel right anymore. And I'm like, I started, I went back to doing that thing again, and again, it just felt gross. I'm like, I'm going against my own grain. We have the nature of God. We have a divine nature on the inside of us. The Bible says that in 2 Peter 1. And we can partake of that divine nature. So if you have a divine nature um, on the inside of you, when that comes out, there are certain feelings and desires and directions that you're just going to kind of like see it in your mind, and and it's going to feel natural because you have a divine nature. Again, I can't always describe to you, you know, I can tell you stories and stuff, but I can't tell you what it feels like to be led by the Lord. Neither could anyone like teach you. This is how you get led by the Lord, apart from just telling you to know the gospel and meditate on those things. But I can tell you that it will feel natural because in my spirit right now, my spirit naturally thinks the right thing. My spirit naturally does the right thing. Right? Like, like inside of your body, you have a person, right? Which is you, right? It's, just, it's a part of you, your spirit. You have a, you have a spirit, you have a, a soul or a mind or a heart, um, uh, in that context, you're all referring to the same thing in, in, in your, your mind here. And then you have a body. And your body can feel things. Your mind can have desires that are contrary to the Lord. But the Bible says you can partake of that divine nature, right? I'm assuming it's behind me, Second Peter 1.4, right? That it says uh, that by those great and precious promises, you can partake of the divine nature. And that's why I tell you that you can't just go off any desire you have. Like, oh, it didn't feel right, so I didn't do it. Or, oh, this just felt right, because that... Man, um, I'm not going to give you a very specific sort of thing here, but over the past um, several years, I have had so many conversations with people, okay? So many conversations with people. And I relate to this in, in the sense that oh, I should say I understand this, that I've been there too. But so many times people will tell me, 
it, you know, it just feels like it's the right thing. And you know what? A lot of times that is our own desires. You can't just be led by it. It felt right, so I did it. I mean, I remember people even when I was younger as, as, a, as a teenager, you know, doing things and, you know, even um, I hesitate to say uh, premarital sex because there's actually no such thing. Sex is, is covenant it, itself. If you sleep with somebody, you just made a covenant with them. <laughs> Whether you thought you were or not, that's what you just did. Now, you need to back that up with responsibility, but, but anyway, whatever you call it, right? And, and, oh, but it just felt right. And it's like, well, it could feel right at the time. It doesn't mean it's the Lord, right? Your body has desires. Your mind can have desires. The Bible talks about the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, which is basically means your body can have desires and your mind can have desires. So not everything you feel is the Lord, but by his precious promises, as you start learning his promises and as you start growing in the word of God, what does it do? By those precious promises, you partake of a divine nature, your new nature. When the Bible says that you made a new creation, that's talking about inside of you, right? You're not a new creation in your body yet. The Bible says you're still waiting for the redemption of your body, the freedom. The Bible calls it the redemption of the purchased possession. So your body's purchased by the Lord, but it hasn't experienced the freedoms that Jesus paid for in full yet. And so, um, so when you made a new creation, the Bible says that that which is born of spirit is spirit. In, in the book of John, in chapter 3. So when the Holy Spirit gives birth to you and makes you new, it's your spirit that he gave birth to. It's inside of you that is a new creation. So, but you have those desires. Like right now, even directions and things that God um, has for your life, things that he wants to speak to you, those are things that are already on the inside of you right now. But you need to, as Psalm 37 says, delight in the Lord for those desires to start coming up into your mind. Right? Um, if you, if you would actually read Psalm 37, verse 5, just the next verse, he starts out and says that, um, that when you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. And he says, commit your way to the Lord, and he'll bring it to pass. That's both. That's desire and the doing, right? Committing your way and trusting your way. In other words, you're doing to the Lord, and he will bring it to pass. He'll also put those desires in your heart. So it's not just desires, because we, you might even think that, well, the Lord gives me desires, and then, and then I, I go out and do them. It's both. He'll put desires in your heart towards something. You can just see it. I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that. And again, if you, if, if you, if you don't relate to that right now, if you, you haven't experienced that, you will as you get to know the Lord. But you will, um, there are certain things that you'll just look at and be like, yep, that's it. I could give you specific examples in my life. Some are personal, and I won't go into that. But, but there are other things. For instance, there was um, a, a, a time where... Uh, I had this, this laptop that I was working on, and Miss Kim didn't have one. And I looked at Miss Kim, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to give you my laptop. And not everything is that quick, but I just looked at her, and I'm like, I knew I'm supposed to give you my laptop. And, and there were reasons for that. And, and so sometimes you just look at something and just see it. But the Lord will give you the desire and the doing. Sometimes you can see something, but then this has happened also, where sometimes you'll, you'll look at something or you know something, or the Lord tells you something, you just know I desire that. That's like a Jesus thing. But then you don't feel the natural doing of it because, it, and maybe it's because this isn't the time to be doing that. But you know that's from the Lord. You got a revelation of it, but it just doesn't feel like right now. That can happen too. Why? Because it's not just the desire, it's the doing. And there have been things that I have desired and known that's from the Lord, but then I tried to do it myself. And as I was doing it, kind of felt inside like, it feels a little weird doing this. But then I knew, well, but God told me, though, 
and it gave me the desire for it, and then it feels like a little weird inside. You know, like, I feel slightly like I'm going against the grain a little bit, but I kind of am back and forth because I know he told me this, but I didn't know at the time. Well, it's not just he tells you something, he gives you the desire, go ahead and do it, because then we're back to kind of going halvesies in the Old Testament again, right? Like, I still have to perform it. He, he takes care of the desire part, but then I, I got to do it. No, no he, he naturally does it as well. And when something is the Lord, he will speak those things to you because you're his friend. But God doesn't call you to things so that you perform the things yourself. The Bible says that faithful is he who calls you who will also do it. Faithful is he who calls you who will also do it. And most Christians only know what it's like to be called to do something, and they don't know what it's like to actually entrust their way to the Lord, commit their way to the Lord, and him bring it to pass. Christians, honestly, as a whole today, I will say this. I have, and I'm not saying they're not out there, I haven't heard a church teach as strongly on the God is going to do it through you, that's new covenant type thing, than at this church. Most Christians are still in like that old covenant era where God calls you to something and your obedience is to do it. Now, we know as believers, right, our obedience is not to do the things that God has called us to in our life and in our actions. And that probably sounds really weird to a lot of people, which means that you haven't read our Obedience of Faith article, right? That means you haven't listened to our Obedience of Faith content. We've got stuff on there that explains this to make it so clear, beyond the shadow of a doubt. In the New Covenant, our only obedience to the Lord is called the Obedience of Faith. Romans 1 talks about that. Romans 16 talks about that. Um, lots of places talk about it. So, People, most people, in fact, I'll say this, I've never heard any Christian, any church, any person outside of this church that would not agree that if God calls you to do something, you need to be obedient to it. Me, almost like our obedience is the carrying out of the things God calls us to do. And if that's true, then what is Galatians 2.20 worth? That it's not I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. What is 1 Corinthians 15 worth? That I labored more abundantly than they all, but yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. What are those verses worth if God is still calling us to do things and we're still carrying them out? You know what I'm saying? Those verses aren't, 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 aren't worth anything if when the rubber meets the road, I'm still doing what God tells me to do. Well, again, but that, how exactly is that different from the Old Testament? And the reply to that would usually be because the Holy Spirit empowers us today. But the Bible did not say in Galatians 2.20 that, you know, it's somewhat I who live, but Christ who helps me out. Because my reply always to that when people say that, oh, but God will empower you, but you still have to do it, I would say, okay, well, if I still have to do it and God's going to empower me, what's the ratio there then? Like, I want a verse for it. What's the ratio? How much is his power? How much is me? I, and the reason why I want that ratio is because it starts, it gets people thinking, like, well, am I really saying that, like, I'm going halfsies with the Lord on this? They don't want to say that, but that's what you're saying, right? If you say that, no, you have to do it, but God's going to empower you, he's your helper, right? He's your helper, your buddy on the side that's not going to live through you. You're going to live, and he's going to help. But that's not what the Bible says in the New Covenant. Because then if, if it really is partially you, then you're partially living like the law. You're partially living by thou shalt and thou shalt not, and now you just have the Holy Spirit to do some of it to make things line up for you or to, to, to line something up for you or to, to, to help you out circumstantially. But, but it's not how it is, right? The Lord really lives through you. And there are so many things that in your life God will give you direction on, and he may call you to it. 
And, and just because something doesn't feel like it, sh it should happen right now or whatever, it, there are legitimate things that God can call you to. Even that, you should check that up, right? I mean, um, man, I, uh, when I was younger, I said a lot of things about God told me this, God told me that, and it wasn't true. <laughs> I, again, it felt right at the time, and so that's why I said that. So you, we need to test those things as well. God will call you to something. So you need to give that time and say, Lord, was that really you? Was that really just my mind? Sometimes we just kind of hear what we want to hear sometimes, and, and that's what I've done a lot of times in, in the past. And so you, you need to test those things. God will call you to something, but then when he calls you, again, he's faithful to call you, but in the new covenant, that's the difference. He'll also do it in the new covenant. And that doing has to do with both the action and the desire. Both. Let, 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 me, let me bring you to, to that, um, that verse if they haven't already put it up behind me. In Philippians, um, I believe it's Philippians 2. Yeah, Philippians 2.13. And actually, no, let's go to verse 12 real quick. Read 12 and then 13. Uh, Philippians 2.12 says, uh, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, now, uh, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, that obedience, again, I'm not going to be able to prove that to you right now, but that obedience is not talking about the, the doing of the things that God calls us to in our life. Um, obedience produces action by the Holy Spirit, but obedient, our obedience is just faith in Jesus, if I didn't make that clear enough before. Our obedience is just faith in Jesus. And... Uh, that's the obedience he's talking about here. Even when he says fear and trembling, the word fear and trembling is a, is a word that's also used for like submission in the Bible. Um, and so when he's talking about obedience and fear and trembling, he's talking about submission and obeying God. That is not referring to the carrying out of the things that God calls you to in your life. And again, I know that sounds really weird to a lot of people. Um, once you see the content we've got in obedience of faith, you, it's like it is so clear that our obedience to the Lord is just faith in Jesus. It's not faith and then something. It's not taking steps of faith. It's not doing works of faith. It's just faith. The immediate reply, which we've gotten lots of this before, um, is if, if, if you're telling people that their only obedience to God is just to believe him. When he says something to you, you believe it. When he's teaching you about Jesus, you believe it. Meditate on these things so that you can come to that point where, when you, where you do believe it. If that's the only obedience... Obviously, the, the, the natural thing is, well, there's family life, there's work life, there's all the stuff that needs to be done, which these things do need to be done. Aren't these things going to be sort of uh, slack in people's lives? Aren't they going to you know, neglect these things if faith is the only thing that you're saying is our obedience to God? The point is that faith produces these things. Even in Galatians 2.20, which, don't go there, keep that verse up there in Philippians, but in Galatians 2.20, when he says that it wasn't him that lived, but Christ that lived through him, how did he do that? How did Paul live that kind of life where it wasn't him living? It was the Lord giving him desires and performing those actions through him. How did he do that? He said, this life that I now live, I live by faith. By faith. How does that happen where Christ lives through you? By faith. So no wonder our only obedience is the faith. Because it doesn't mean that things in your life are going to be slack. In, in, in fact, if things are being neglected in your family, if things are being neglected in your work, if, if, if you're not, you know, um, 
If, if, you are, if you're able-bodied and you're not working or you're not supporting yourself or you're, 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 or you're greedy or you're, there's wrong fruits being produced in your life, it's not, it doesn't mean that, well, you need to try to do better. It means that there is something up with the faith. Because what faith does is, Paul says, it's by faith that Christ was living through him. Faith is our only obedience. Now, that produces, it allows the Holy Spirit to work through us, to give us those desires, to give us that, 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 you know, um, that performance through us. But faith produces works. That's true. James talks about that. Lots of places talk about that. Faith produces works. Renewing our mind produces transformation. It produces the Holy Spirit's work through us. Jesus said right in John 7 that, um, that he who believes, that's the obedience, when we believe that out of our belly would flow rivers of living water, that means it allows the Holy Spirit to manifest through us. But the work outside can't be called our obedience because if we really believe as Christians, if you believe Galatians 2.20, that's no longer you that live but Christ that lives in you, if you believe that that's God's will for your life, how can you call that your obedience if it's supposed to be Christ doing it? You see what I'm saying? It doesn't make any sense. How could you call your living, your obedience before God if he who calls you is faithful who's also going to do it? How could you call it your obedience if it's supposed to be Christ living in you? How could you call it your obedience when these things are supposed to be produced by the Holy Spirit? That it's yet not I, but it's, it, it, it's uh, uh, the grace of God working with us. You see what I'm saying? That's why it's not called our obedience. When, when God calls you to something, and he says, I want you to do this in your life. I got this plan for you in your life. Why is the carrying out of that thing not called your obedience? Because that's supposed to be Jesus fulfilling that through you. If it's your obedience, obviously that would mean you have to do it. But if it's Christ doing it, I don't understand how you could call it your obedience. You see, now it starts, that starts sounding a little bit like that sounds sensible, but you do need to understand obedience of faith for this to really get the full picture. God commands us to believe because that's what allows God to do all these things through you, to give you those desires and give you that, that performance through you. Um, but, but he says here in uh, Philippians 2.12, he's talking about obedience, and he says that um, we can work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Essentially, I won't linger on that, but what he's talking about there is that the, the, the salvation, the solution that you have to everything on the inside of you, if you just use the word salvation as solution here, um, the fix to everything, you can work that out. You can exercise the solution that you have on the inside of you with fear and trembling, meaning by your submission to God, that allows the solutions you have in you to manifest in your life, in other people's life. But the obedience is not that outward stuff. Obedience is inward. The obedience of faith. Verse 13, so he's talking about obedience and submission, and then verse 13 says, for it is God which works in you. That's why it's not called your obedience. <laughs> because the thing is, we like to contradict ourselves in the church because we don't ever want to say that we don't believe a certain scripture. So if I say, hey, it's God, if I read you that verse, and I say, for it's God that works in you, not just to will, in other words, not just to desire it, but to do of his good pleasure, meaning the things that, pleases God, the things that please God, the things that are his will, he's going to give you the desire and the doing of those things. If I read that verse to you, you say, well, yeah, of course I agree with that. It's God that works in me. Yeah, it's not me, it's God. All glory to God, right? So we amen to that. And in Galatians 2.20, it's no longer I that live. Oh, yeah, amen, Pastor Mike, to that as well. It's Christ that lives in me. And yet we'll still call the thing that we're saying Christ is supposed to do our obedience. <laughs> um, and, and you know what I think, too? The problem is we see the word obedience all through the New Testament, and, and we don't know what well, we assume that just maybe he's talking about fulfilling the call of God in our life. We don't know how to reconcile these things. Um, 
But it is God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Um, the whole thing is, is the Lord. And again, that's why our obedience is only faith. Um, the important part here, though, is what I was, this is actually why I wanted to come to this verse, both to will and to do. And that's why I was saying before that God will give you desires, and at least in my life, too, I was giving you that example. God, God has given me desires before, and I just don't, like, that doesn't feel like that's happening right now. And that would be an example of, I have the will, but the, the, the doing of it is not, is not there. I don't feel that it's natural to do that right now. And, that, and, and again, that can happen. Um, but I just want to tell you that that's how God leads you in your life. Um, when God gives you desires, don't ignore those things. God, God will put things on your heart, and I'm going to probably finish up here. I feel pretty good with that, and then we'll, 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 we'll pray in a second and see what God wants to do with the rest of the service. But, um, but um, God will, God will let, let me bring you through the whole spectrum of this. God will call you to things, and that's good. You can, have, you can have a calling. You can have a direction that God speaks to you, but sometimes you don't have the will or the do. You don't have either of those two things. And you know what? Until you have the will and the do, let nothing happen then. Granted, there are things you need to do in your life, and I'm not going to get into that right now. Um, get up, brush teeth, go to work, do your thing. These things don't happen automatically in your life. You've got to renew your mind to them. But God will call you to things, and without the willing and the doing, that's not something that you need to feel obligated to. And then there are things God calls you to do, and then you can kind of see it already. I can see that direction. I desire that. And then the doing is just not there. And again, that full spectrum of God calling you and you desiring it and the natural performance, that it is natural by the Lord to do those things, um, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't feel that you are disobeying God because he told you something, but there's not that natural thing. There's not that natural output from on the inside of you to do it. And uh, there are a lot of things, too, that I remember having dreams. I remember getting words from God and feeling, if I don't share this with somebody, I'm just being disobedient because I didn't know that it's God that does it through me. And so I would feel like, well, if God gave me a word about somebody, I need to share, share that with them, otherwise I'm disobeying. Um, but again, as, as you obey by faith, as you obey the Lord and do the one thing that the Lord has called you to do and listen to him and obey him, um, the desire and the doing of those things happen naturally. Things that you used to do, you might start feeling kind of gross about, and it's like, ugh, like it's, like nothing changed in the circumstance, and all of a sudden, just your perception of it changed. And then other things that maybe you never even thought about, or maybe in the past you would have been like, I'd never do that, um, all of a sudden start looking appealing to you, and God is able to do that in your heart. Um, again, I would advise you, always test those things, always make sure that you're really delighting yourself in the Lord, and your heart's really on him, and really make sure this is something that God is doing and not just some fleshly desire. But uh, do not, um, don't think the things I'm sharing with you are, are unnatural or something that, um, that you can't experience. Um, God wants you to experience these things. All right. Um, yeah. Let me give you one more example, and then, and then I'll pray. Uh, and this will be just my last example. But I actually, when the Lord first started teaching me about him actually working through me, I had a lot of misunderstandings, and, and um, there's a lot more context I could give um, everything we've been talking about tonight, but the Yet Not I series is the best thing to listen to for that. But I, I really started realizing that this is not like a joke. Kind of like, it was, it's not the way I've heard it all my life, where, yeah, it's God that does it, but that's still your obedience to do it. <laughs> okay. You don't say that, it, that, that contradictory speech, it's, Lord, like, that's not really, like, you're serious. Like, Galatians 2.20 is like a real thing. It's not, 
You weren't kidding about that. You, you can really live through me. You know, Philippians 2. You can really desire things through me and, and like, perform it through me. Where it's just natural. Almost like, like Lord, I, I would have to try to fight to not do this. It, it's like, it's, it's just going that way. The river's taking me that way. And uh, I, I even started having dreams where before I ever experienced it, outward, and I shared this in the Yet Not I series as well, before I ever experienced that desire and the, the feeling of the Lord just naturally just doing something through me, my, my mind, my body, I started having dreams of I'd be walking, I'd see a person pass by me, and it was those two things. It was I just knew I got to talk to that person. And they walked past, and I just started like I was just after them. And that feeling of, yep, that's it, I know, um, and as I said, just because you think you know doesn't mean the doing of it is happening right now either. But I started feeling those things. And then later on, I actually started experiencing that, like physically, feeling like really being able to tell that the Lord was doing things through me. But uh, I'm telling you, it's, it, this is a real thing, though. This is real desires that the Lord will give you. Real desires. And if, you, and if you're not sure, again, the Lord will set your desires straight. But you need to just get into Scripture and start reading Scripture, meditating on these things. Take advantage of the gospel whenever you can. Surround yourself with these things. Because, you know, the more your mind kind of gets off of that and things are wonky in your mind, the more your desires are wonky too, right? It's like when you focus and you fixate on something, maybe something new, there's some new product or some new thing or some new house or some new whatever, and, and you're looking at that and you fixate on it, of course your desires are going to be toward that because you're fixated on that. But when you say, no, no, I don't want to fixate on that thing. I don't want to fixate on that person. I don't want to fixate on that product. I, I want to get my mind off of that and get my mind on Jesus. That's when your desires are going to be most accurate. The more you get to the, know the Lord, the more you press into delighting him, the more he's going to put desires in your heart. The more you're going to partake and pull out that divine nature, and what's natural for you is going to be what is divine and not what is earthly and fleshly because you're fixated on all this stuff on the outside. There's so much that we fixate and meditate on, and it just it throws off your little desire meter. It just throws that all off. You don't even know what to think or what to desire, but it's a lot of times, be, well, all the time, because we're fixated on all this stuff, all this junk, just being carnally minded, even if it's not like sinful, quote-unquote, the way we would say it. It's just carnal. And man, the Lord even recently has been telling me, you know, uh, even something simple like, 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 like the news. Uh, I, I, would, I would, you know, watch the news and listen to news-related sort of podcast-type things, you know, and... and even that, the Lord has told me recently, like, man, you're, you're, you're like, um, like, basically, that's not like a good thing to be doing that so much. Like, just separate your mind from all that. And when you can do that, that's when your desires are going to get more accurate, the feelings of the Lord, that all that stuff, the, 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 the divine nature gets flowing a lot more accurately. So I would, I would advise you that way, because everything we're talking about tonight is, is yours in Christ, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's something that just flows when your mind's on the Lord. All right, let's, um, let's pray, and then we'll see. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord, for your, your grace, Lord, that is with us, that works with us. Thank you for your grace that works with us, Lord. If you guys can even throw that verse up behind me in 1 Corinthians 15, um, yet not I, but it was the grace of God which is with me. Thank you so much, Lord, for the grace that works with us, Lord. Thank you for that grace. Your grace works with us. Father, your, your grace that is working works in our mind, works in our flesh, so that things happen naturally, the way that they're supposed to happen, and also at the time in which they're supposed to happen. Thank you so much, Jesus, for, for the rest. Everything we've been describing today, even though we didn't call it rest, this is all rest to the believer. Because if it's us that have to desire it, 
and us that has to perform it, then that's not rest to us. But this is real rest from our works. That when the right opportunity comes around, Lord, that it's your desires and it's your power working through us to perform the thing. We don't have to worry about the, the doing of the things that you've called us to, Lord, but you'll put a knowing in our mind. And Lord, not that it happens all this, this way 100% as we're growing, but you are able to put a knowing in our mind to know the right thing, that wisdom is there at the right time, and the performance is just a very natural performance, Lord. Thank you so much, Jesus, for your divine nature that's able to work through us just so well. And we have nothing to do of ourselves. We just have something to believe, someone to believe. We get our, our mind focused on you, Lord. We get our mind focused on you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We get our mind focused on you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We get our mind focused on you. Nothing more important than getting our mind focused on you, Lord. We can let other things fall to the side, Lord, but we can't let that go, Lord, our mind focused on you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your correction, Lord, as well. That, Lord, if there's any correction, Lord, that needs to be done tonight to our minds, if there's something even in what was said, whatever it is, Lord, but thank you for your correction, Lord. If you didn't correct us, Lord, you, you'd be letting us just go off thinking the wrong thing and therefore doing the wrong thing in our life and hurting ourselves if you didn't correct us. Thank you for your correction, Lord. Father, I appreciate your correction in my life and in my mind, really. Lord, we appreciate your correction if you correct something. It's important, Lord, that you make things right in our mind so we can think right and then things can go right in our life by the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There are things, though, that we know are of you. There are things that we know are of you, Lord, and maybe we're, uh, we don't want to acknowledge it or we don't want to admit it. I think, that, I think that's applicable to some people here. I think there may be some things that maybe you've been, you've been doing or deciding or whatever it is, and you kind of know inside there's that, I don't know if the word is trepidation, probably the first time I've ever used that word, <laughs> but there's some hesitancy, and um, there's, that hesitancy is the Lord just, he's not feeling it. Maybe you got fleshly desires going. Maybe you got desires in your mind going. And you're trying to maybe convince yourself that this is the right thing. But you kind of know inside, like, that's, that's just not right. Again, there are such things as fleshly desires. Desires of the flesh and desires of the eyes. Or, in other words, desires um, of our mind. And so you don't want to mistake those things for the Lord. But even if you got a desire in your flesh... And you got a desire in your mind going, but then you got that thing on the inside of you that's like, you're not truthfully inside, you're not really feeling it, but you've got other desires that are sort of contradicting that. I'm not saying all the times, but a lot of times that's that can be the Lord, that He's just not feeling it on the inside of you. And so I would I wouldn't go with things like that. I wouldn't be rash about things like that. You've got Jesus living on the inside of you, and your born-again spirit is united with him and feels the same things that Jesus feels right now for every single believer, without any exception. Every single believer, if you've believed on Jesus Christ and received his finished work, 
for every single believer, you have desires inside of you right now in your spirit that you're feeling the right thing. You're able, even, you're able to even discern what I'm saying as uh, advice from the Lord. You're able to, to, to know that. You're able to understand what the, what the right move is. You feel those things inside. As we said, we can release those things by delighting in the Lord, but that's why when that little feeling comes up, that could just be the Lord correcting your desires, correcting your movement, steering you in a certain way. It's Christ that lives through us, but we know as we grow, that's not happening 100%. So sometimes you have that little, that little point of conflict where maybe you're desiring something outwardly, but inside, something's like, eh. So thank you so much, Lord, for steering us the right direction. Father, I just pray that we not ignore your correction when you're trying to do something. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. You know, Lord, and our born-again spirit knows. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your spirit, Lord, that you've not left us alone. You've given us a helper, you, and that's not in the way that we say it sometimes, but you have given us a comforter, an aid to live through us. Thank you, Jesus, for that. We're not left alone. We're not orphans. We're not left, Lord, to just try to fulfill your will in our life. You can live through us, Lord. You want to live through us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for the comforter. Thank you for the comforter that you sent. He's in there for a reason, and it's to do the things that you cannot, which is everything. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much, Lord. We, we pray, Father, that, um, that we're seeing this. And even what I just said, if that's applicable to somebody, Father, we're seeing that. Thank you so much, Jesus. We love you and praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to take a second and uh, see if there's anything specifically that we want to pray about here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you to Pakalahina. Broshpika la da prakus estiria no puta lavrambu dashtala granta fashavra vrista. Oh, palavram puta la brenki da la frashtula brenki fala grista. Ishala branstula grentula brantula kianaida. Thank you, Jesus. Precious Jesus. Thank you, Father. Ombra shalavron put lava calagrina. Evrato shalagrina kista la bronto shalabratus talagratna. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just give it another second here. Everything's always explained if you're listening on online, but. We're going to take another second here. Let's just, let's just pray together here. Thank you, Lord. Si brosto la bracus la grento, peto shela bratu shing grathis ta la vranku kapalogona, he boramo kurabak shilegretno segobola frombu danchila botna salabranku stelegrista. Thank you, Jesus, for your righteousness. Thank you, Jesus, for the door. Thank you for the way you've given us to receive, Jesus. All those good things we were just talking about. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you for the way, Lord, by which we can receive these things. So we're qualified to receive them. 
Thank you, Jesus, that they can flow out of us, Lord, because we're worthy to receive it through Jesus' worthiness. Thank you, Jesus. Precious Jesus, thank you for your word that can flow out of us and into our mind. Thank you for your desires that can flow out of us and into our mind. Thank you, Jesus, for your doing that can flow out of us into our actions. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word, Lord, that you're able to work through us, Jesus, because we have promises, and we have promises in Scripture that you would do this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Separate us, pups, from the world's thinking. Thank you, Jesus. Separate us from the world's thinking, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pops, separate us from the world's thinking so we think like you in our minds. Operate in our minds, Lord. Operate in our minds and let us know the truth. Let us know the truth. Operate in our minds, Lord. Support our minds, Lord. Shepherd our minds, Lord. Support our minds, Lord. Shepherd our minds, Lord. Support our minds, Lord. Shepherd our minds, Lord. Hebran dakula kitna sabulta la yena yalen huspila savlan hura nagagrana hila gunche zevro shalavrankuta klaidiotna. I've got I've got someone here pushing against the goads. I've got someone here pushing against the goads. I've got someone here pushing against the goads, the 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 impulses. Thank you, Lord. Don't, don't push against the direction of the Lord. Don't push against what he's trying to do. Thank you, Jesus. Don't, don't push against it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't resist it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't resist what the Lord's doing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't resist it. He's pushing you there. He's pushing you there. Don't resist it. Don't kick against it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me um let me let me show you something here. Uh, let's just if you can throw up Acts um Acts nine um, verse four. We can, uh, we can fade the music out, I guess, for right now at least. But Acts 9.4, this is when um, Paul, before he was Paul, when he was named Saul, and he was persecuting the, uh, the church. And it says, he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why uh, persecute thou me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And, uh, you know, let's actually, if we can switch to the New King James Version here, it makes it a little clearer. Verse 5, and he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. Um, and then he said, he trembled, and he was astonished and said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he told him to go into the city. But look at verse 5 again. Um, he said, it's hard for you to kick against the goads. Now, this is not referring to the leading of the Holy Spirit the way that we have it, because... 
Um, of course, the Lord is on the inside of us, and Paul was at a point in his life here where he wasn't saved, he, wasn't, um, he didn't know the Lord yet, and he didn't have that leading of the Spirit the way we do, but I still think that there is um, relevance to it, and um, there's application. He said it's hard for you to kick against the goads. A goad, from my understanding, is like a, like a sort of a sharp thing that they would use to like herd animals, um, so that they wouldn't, you know, if they don't want to, that the animals to go in a certain direction, they would kind of like poke them with it, and then they would go in a different direction. But he described Paul, because the, the Bible doesn't necessarily tell us from, from what I have read um, what was going through Paul's mind in doing this, but clearly the Lord was working with him before this because he told him that it was hard for him to kick against the goads. The Lord was kind of like prodding him and saying like, mm, 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 and he was feeling that, even as an unsaved man, of course, the Lord working in his life, I'm sure through another believer, but he described it as kicking against goads. And I think this is applicable, which the Lord was just bringing up, that you could have that, that little impulse on the inside of you. And maybe, you know, maybe sometimes, again, they're, they're, not, they're not as prevalent as they should be, right? They're not as prevalent as they can be. There are certain things the Lord has told me before, and I actually was a direction of the Lord, and it just didn't seem like a super prevalent desire at the time. But you know what? You meditate on the Lord. You kind of get there eventually in your desires and stuff, and they start lining up. But this is saying that it, it can actually get hard for you when the Holy Spirit's wanting to go this way, and you're wanting to go this way in your flesh or in your mind, but there's that inside, that prod, and you can kind of feel that. And so I just want to tell you to the various people this applies to, this is good advice in general for us to know, but I feel like there's people in here that this specifically applies to us, uh, tonight as well, um, to, to, to not kick against the things when you notice it's hard, when you notice that there's something inside that feels hesitancy, towards something. And if you feel like you're being prodded there, just to not ignore that. Um, again, as much as it's true that it's the Lord that lives, we can resist something the Lord is doing with our mind. Remember what I told you? Releases the Holy Spirit from our belly, from John 7? Our belief in the Lord, right? Paul said the same thing. By faith, he was able to allow Christ to live in him and him not live anymore. And if it's true that our mind can let the Lord flow in our life, then that means it's also our mind that can resist something the Lord is doing. You can believe wrong about something the Lord's telling you. You can believe wrong about a circumstance. You can believe wrong about a lot of things and not be seeing it in a Christ-centered light or whatever it may be. But if you're seeing something wrong, you're resisting that, and you know the Lord enough that it's producing something in you, and you feel a prod on the inside of you that this is kind of like, almost like you're pushing against, like he's saying here, you're kicking against the goad, trying to push that aside. You know the Lord enough, but you don't know him enough to where, you know, you, 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 you are still partially resisting what he's doing due to your ignorance or not seeing a circumstance the way that you should. And, and again, uh, so I just want to leave you with that. We'll kind of end there, but I want to leave you with that, that. That's the verse the Lord was just putting in my mind. Even for Paul, you can tell that there was a period of time before this that he was having a hard time doing what he was doing. He didn't know the Lord. He didn't know that this wasn't right to the degree he should have, but there was something there goading him, and he kept pushing against it, but it was getting harder and harder for him to do so. And so when you feel that way, especially as a born-again believer, don't just keep pushing against it. You just stop and say, you know what, Lord? This doesn't feel right. There's something inside. I desire it with my mind. I desire it with my flesh, whatever it may be, but something about this is just, you know, 
I feel something there against it. And so you stop, and you, again, you delight yourself in the Lord. You get your mind right and say, no, Lord, whatever I'm, in whatever way I'm thinking wrong about this circumstance, Lord, correct my mind in that. And sometimes we already know. We don't want to admit it. Sometimes we already know. There are a lot of times you're feeling prodded about something, and it's, eh, it's not quite the direction I feel that is, is correct. And uh, sometimes we already know why. And we just have to get to the Lord, know the Lord and say, you know what? I believe this is of you. Let me get my head on you. Let me get my meditation on you because this ain't right. I want, I want it, that, that, that something that is maybe just a goad right now, I want it to be a full-fledged desire in the other direction. And, uh, and I don't want to resist you, Lord, in my mind. And again, if you don't want to resist the Lord, just get, get to, get to med- meditating on him. Get your head wrapped around him. But uh, anyway, I would just submit that to you. Don't, don't ignore that and don't resist that. We hope you enjoyed this message from Reformed Church. If you have, please share this with someone else and help us get this uncommon truth out to the world. If you'd like to support this good news, you can do so at reformchurch.com give. Also on our website, you can take advantage of our free messages, articles, and even full discipleship courses. Start reforming your mind now at reformchurch.com.